You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello, everybody out there. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. What's up? Uh, yeah, what is it? We're, uh, let's see. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. Indeed. God. The future. Yeah. If we're still here when this comes out. Yes. Um, we don't know. I uh, saw a lot of people were doing like best whatevers of the decade i was like hey we this might be our last chance to do that <laughs> so i said <laughs> best pop and, culture and, of the last decade <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly uh, um so yes because i googled trying to come up with my own list i googled your know, best of the decade and Rolling Stone, Vulture, IGN, like every website was doing mm-hmm. best of oh, wow. everything for the for the for the decade. I heard a podcaster, but I haven't I hadn't seen all those. Oh, I assume we're the only podcast doing it. Probably, of course mm-hmm. I. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was like, let's <laughs> do some movies and TV. So this episode is each of our top ten movies of the past decade. So, decade being 2010 through 2019. 2019. The teens. The teens. Uh, the how hard was years. this for you, Cliff? Um, how hard was it? Because we are not really list makers. Yeah, not We so are much. not really rankers and, and chroniclers of our, our consumption. I will say this. for. Mm. Let me answer for him. If you were to guess what was on his list, you would get all of them. Yeah. <laughs> no big surprises. There, there is absolutely no surprises on this list. Yeah, so I came up, I kind of threw this together uh, this afternoon. Um, <laughs> Don't admit that. <laughs> I had a couple weeks to come up with it, but I waited till the last minute. Um, but I mean, not it's that it similar, really would have. Pretty similar yeah. to what I would think So did you, did, did you make any rules for yourself or criteria? No. Or like it, it had to be, you had to yeah. have rewatched it? Or, <clears throat> nope. Or, no. nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 We, we, we I'm trying to give you like line here. <laughs> yeah. We usually don't all use the same criteria, which is totally fine. I like, I will say that. I could have easily just referenced my top 100 I put out this year and went in order from the one, but I, I didn't. I mean, obviously, there will be a lot of those movies, but I didn't really use the same order. And that, you know, maybe some, I think, represented the, you know, the decade a little differently. Because it's a very fluid thing, what what you're enjoying at that moment. Yeah, right. I, I found it pretty tough. Um, my list, I try my kind of thought going into it was 
if I made this a week from now, it'd be different. So I, I'm not oh. being precious with it. No, lists change all the yeah. time. We could go back and look at any of our lists, and we would move them around. Yeah, so my, speak for yourself. Yeah, I, one of the movies <laughs> was my top from 2018 or 2017, like was in my honorable mentions. That was right. my number one movie that year. Didn't make my top ten. So right. um, my thought, I wanted to pick movies, not necessarily the movies I watch over and over again. A lot of these I've only seen once. But I, I tried to pick the ten movies that made me feel something that did something to me made me want to talk about made me want to like wow that really you know either mess with my head or <laughs> made me think something new or want to want to dive in and learn something new so a movie that affected me not just a movie that i enjoyed or was fun i wanted to try to pick the ones that actually yeah impacted yeah i kind of perused the uh um the box office numbers from each year just with the idea, I guess, of what, you know, I want to represent, try and represent a little of each year, like what was really popular, because that's generally what I go for. I don't see a lot of movies that aren't, and I don't see a lot of movies in the theater that are not a Disney movie, a Star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, um, which are all kind of the same thing now. So. <laughs> And mine, I just put them on my list chronologically. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know how to do these one through ten. So I just left them chronologically. They're they're ten to one from the earliest to the <laughs> most recent, and it works for me. This I I don't know what I would move around the list if I was trying to do a real ten to one. So my top ten is, <laughs> yeah. And there's an asterisk there. It's no particular order, really. Hmm. All right. Which is maybe against the rules, but... Ooh, eh, whatever. <laughs> we're fine. All right, so let's rock, paper, scissors for who we're starting with. All right, let's try it again. <laughs> we do one, two, three, then do yeah, it? we can count. Two, uh, and then... One, two, three, boom. Okay. <laughs> Start with me. We don't know how... Seth threw scissors. Yeah. Jordan and Cliff both threw paper. Mm-hmm. So I was going to start it off. My number 10... At this moment, for the past decade, I feel it had to be on there, even if it squeaks in in the last spot. It was it started off the decade and was just a huge movie, The Social Network. I need to do something substantial in order to get the attention of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun, and they lead to a better life. want to go on the internet and check out their friends so why not build a website that offers that friends pictures profiles i'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online the site got 2200 hits within two hours thousand 22,000. this idea is potentially worth millions of dollars millions you stole our website they're saying we stole the facebook i know what it said so did we the perspective has changed so much in these 10 years. I would definitely like to watch it again. Yeah. Knowing now what what I didn't know then. Right. But it still probably, you know, shows a spoiled <laughs> guy, you know, genius start, starting up a, a big mess, basically. But uh, anyway, I love the movie. I still love it. David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. Has a... Trent Reznor soundtrack that's haunting and one of the best soundtracks ever. And <clears throat> I love the look at it, look of it. I love everything about it. It's a great movie, Aaron Sorkin script. So it's 
you know, it's got its good points and bad points and probably isn't totally realistic, but I love it. If you, I mean, is this a movie you look I, fondly I, at? I remember <laughs> liking it when I saw it. Uh, maybe not as much because it was a big award winner and or award contender at least. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, that was that was good. But yeah, we definitely know more <laughs> nowadays about Facebook and what it would become. Yeah, I think it, it, this movie will lose some of its luster because of the recent years, but... Hmm. I still, I still love. Yeah, it. I always liked it. I mean, yeah, uh, it good. used to I be think, on TV a lot at the time. Yeah, so. I think Jesse Eisenberg is amazing in it. A couple of the speeches and retorts he has, just so the definition of smug. And it's very good performance. <laughs> I don't know that he's been better in anything since then. No, he 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 does a lot of good. I mean, he's really good. And stuff. Some things, but that's probably his best. Um, <laughs> the one comment I saw about it was the only character Jesse Eisenberg is more handsome than the character he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cliff, what was your number 10? <clears throat> number 10 is uh, 2015. It's a Pixar movie, Inside Out. I'm Joy. This is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Ah! We're Riley's emotions. <laughs> These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Me. Joy, no. Wait. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Can I say that curse word now? Maybe it's all in the theater at the time when it came out with the family. And I did just recently watch this, actually, on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago, actually. It's directed by Pete Docter, who um, has went on to become, you know, he took over for, uh, for Pixar. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a movie about a, a little a girl named Riley growing up that moves to California from Minnesota, and she likes hockey, and... And all the different emotions in her head, um, which I thought was a, was a, you know, not, maybe not the most original concept, but I really liked how it was ex- executed. And I love the cast, um, Mindy Kaling, Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, um, it's got Bill Hader in it, and uh, Louis Black plays Angry. And uh, it was just, some, it's one of those films we, really liked as a family um the whole experience we my wife has a has a t-shirt she loves it it says um today was a core memory day and it has the little memory globes on it that she she wears on you know when we go to walt disney world a lot. i love the idea of that Mm -hmm. core memories and things that can be just something so small but you remember it forever and yeah and um also bing bong Richard Kind. Yeah, Richard Kind. So, um, yeah, it's just, it immediately, it's not one that I don't think, when you say Pixar, most people immediately think of. You have Toy Story, Fighting Nemo, Monsters, Inc., all that stuff. Um, But this one is, I I think it's one of their stronger movies um, just as a whole. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely, it's probably one of my favorites. The whole idea of it is so good as far as like 
letting your kids grow up, letting them not be sheltered into thinking, you know, having to be happy all the time. Right. At some point, letting them or you know like have a mixture of emotions or mm-hmm. find out that sometimes you're gonna be sad. Right. And that's okay. And you're gonna, <clears throat> that's, you're gonna learn from that. That's how we grow. And I've heard it in the years since it's kind of grown with its support from educators and like psychologists and things mm-hmm. that it it helps kids like they don't have concepts for this stuff. No, so it does. It can really help so somebody kids understand what kids going with on. you know emotional problems. You can say like, oh, that's that's anger. Like it it you know it mm. it, it, it it makes it more concrete what they're feeling. It's a good one. What's your number ten there? My number ten is from twenty ten, but I only saw it for the first time last year, which is my own fault because it's great. Boy from Taika Waititi. Kia ora, my name is Boy. And welcome to my interesting world. My favourite person is Michael Jackson. Wanna see some Michael Jackson dance moves? My favourite subjects are art, social studies. I'll kick both your nuts off and you'll have none. And Michael Jackson. I have a six-year-old brother called Rocky. He's got powers. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Thank you, boy. I'm named after my dad. He's overseas doing some pretty important stuff. I mean, you're a liar. Your dad's in jail for robbery. People call me a dumb honky all the time. I don't go around punching them out. Why not? Because they use your children. One of our favorites. Insert drop here. (laughs) I believe it's his second film, if I'm correct. Um... So yeah, he's gone on to fame with Marvel, of course, but uh, he's from New Zealand. He worked on Flight of the Concords on HBO, one of my favorite sitcoms. He did the movie Eagle vs. Shark, What We Do in the Shadows, and Hunt for the Wilder People came out a couple years after this, and it had bigger name stars, and it got a lot of acclaim, and people were talking about it. It was on a bunch of top ten lists, but to me, I thought Boy was even stronger than that, even though Hunt for the Wilder People was very good and yeah, had really some of the same themes. That. <clears throat> this one just blew me away. So it's it's set in the eighties. It's a coming of age story, and it's this young boy uh, living in New Zealand in in this Maori. Maori, I can never say that. Uh, the the New Zealand native Ma- Maori. <laughs> okay, like uh, you know, you see the, the face paint mm. and the the tribal stuff, but you never see the like just day to day. They just you know live on an island and go grocery shop yeah so it's a look at a different culture that's a little bit different than ours but not so different um and his dad leaves him the dad played by taika watiti and so he invents all these stories he's gone away he's training to be a samurai right he's a secret agent and it's sort of that like being a kid not letting real life get you down and he's he just he he's wanted his dad to come home his whole life and he finally does and the dad's not, he's not uh, he's no great shakes you know he's not responsible he's just as you know goofy as the kid is so uh just has a lot of great dry humor that Taika Waititi is amazing at doing and some really touching scenes and that uh, that idea of growing up and losing your illusions of what adulthood is and you know what responsibilities are and a great performance from the young kid James Rolston and just just a really terrific film. Hmm. Um, 
All right, that's our tens. Let's go to our number nines. And this time we'll start with you, Cliff. Okay, big surprise here. Number nine, Marvel's Avengers. The uh, the first big team-up movie. This was the um, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, and Jeremy Renner. The first time they assembled, directed by... Joss Whedon, of course. This was like the biggest movie of all time um, to start the decade out. So I've seen it multiple times, saw it a couple times in theaters. It's great. I saw it in IMAX um, in Columbus. And, you know, it's one of those movies that, hey, if I'm flipping around the dial and I land on FX and that sucker's on, I'm probably going to sit there and watch watch the movie or or at least part of it um for a little bit so it's so funny to hear people talk about this movie that didn't grow up reading the comics they're so in awe which i am too that they pulled it off but they're so in awe that you could have all these separate stories of these characters that are so <laughs> fleshed out and then that you could bring them together and have them fit together into a bigger story and ha- not have it be an awkward mess and it's like yeah that's what the comics were <laughs> you know look it can be done and it's just it's just funny to hear people people like that's one of the <coughs> things they're most impressed by I'm like <laughs> we expected that to work right you know? yeah uh, this was the one we were all anticipating as soon as it was announced that that you know they were actually going to tackle it um, yeah, because we'd seen it all our lives. Like, yeah, they could all team up and have, have an adventure. It's like, no, that's impossible. Yeah, I, I don't know that we still have enough distance from it to admire how insane it is that it's, or how much it changed movie Everything, going and yeah, blockbuster yeah. cinema. Like, I think we're still years from now we'll still look at that as some kind of pinnacle. <laughs> all right, Jordan. Uh, my number nine from 2011, Attack the Block. Director Joe Cornish, first film, British movie. John Boyega, his first role. Uh, had Nick Frost from like Shaun of the Dead, those movies. And Jodie Whittaker, who's the new Doctor Who. So it was a star-making performance for at least a couple of those people. Um, I'd seen previews for this movie and and heard what it was about and it got some good buzz and some acclaim but when i first watched it it blew me away as a just a good it's an alien invasion movie in south london it's a bunch of street hoodlums and then aliens attack and it's like no one's coming to help them so they they have to protect their home and no one else is going to do it for them so they're kind of like unlikable protagonists you know that when the movie opens they're robbing from people and you know they're not good kids but the longer you stay with them you see what kind of lives they lead and how hard they have it and it's just a great action sci-fi adventure the effects are wonderful there's a lot of physical effects like the, the monsters look really cool but there's something deeper they're talking about society and class differences and you know how we come together as a society when uh, the chips are down and just like i said star making performance from john boyega he just as a young kid just had so much charisma and just carried this movie so i i loved the action and the sci-fi-ness of it but i also loved the deeper the deeper meaning it had behind it. 
Cool. My uh, number nine is La La Land from 2016. <clears throat> it was best picture for two minutes. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just, I never even would have thought of myself as a, somebody that really liked musicals, that, you know, but this one hit me. I love the, all the songs in it. I love those two actors together. Uh, Ryan Gosling and gosh, what's her name? <laughs> Emma <love> Stone. <laughs> and it's Damon Chazelle. That uh, it was great. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know just and the ending's fantastic. That's the biggest thing to me. I love the ending and uh, it's just a combination of the the music and yeah, the, it's funny. It's just a good feeling movie and I love it. So it's on here. Um, You're so defensive about La La Land. I know because I always, know we're gonna rip it for no real good reason. No, just, no, and uh, I don't. It doesn't dis- deserve it. Yeah, I don't dislike it. It's just uh, he likes a musical, so I'm gonna yeah. rub it in. <laughs> Cliff's favorite movie is a musical. Yeah, I love musicals. Yeah, okay. clearing that up. All right, um, number eight. This time it's Jordan. Uh, number eight is. There's a lot of horror on my list, which was very odd hmm. for me because I'm not a big horror fan. But my number eight's The Babadook. Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of The Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Babadook. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Nothing bad's gonna happen, Sam. Did he think that about my dad before he died? He sees things as they are, that one. I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. Oh, my God. Did he hurt anyone? The boy has significant behavioral problems. This monster thing has got to stop, all right? It's just a book. It can't hurt you. Which I sound, I'm getting over cold. I sound like the Babadook at the moment. I remember talking about this movie way back in 2014, 2015. Came out out 2014. And I I don't think I'd ever heard of it until it was on our Halloween list. I think, yeah, it had just come out. It was Mm -hmm. was still in theaters, I think. Yeah. And people were so raving about it. Yeah, none of us had seen it at that point. Newsflash, still haven't seen it. (laughs) I saw it, and I wasn't in a hurry to see it. I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm not a horror buff," but when I finally did see it, talking about a movie like I wanted to talk to people about a movie I wanted to think about, and like, "Hey, have you seen this? Did you did you get from it what I got from it?" Like it 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 hit me in such a way, and I'm not a parent, but I would think if you are a parent, it would hit you even more viscerally, especially. A Single Mother, which is the film. Uh, Essie Davis plays the mom, Amelia, to the young boy Samuel, Noah Wiseman. Um, And he, it's never explicitly stated, but he has some, uh, you know, developmental problems. We don't know if he's autistic or on the spectrum somewhere. We don't, we never, it's never explained that he's not, you know, a typical child. But, you know, there's some problem that she's been dealing with. And it takes that idea and turns it into psychological horror. 
of, you know, raising a special needs child is the hardest thing in the world, I would imagine. And it just, this movie cranks up the tension and she never gets any sleep and there's no one there to help her. And it's just, you know, the walls are closing in on her. And it's that idea every parent I've ever talked to says, I love my children, I would die for my child, but there's times I want to throw them off a bridge. Like, you want to murder your children at times. But you also would do anything for them. So it's that dichotomy of, like, parenthood and the horror of not being able to protect that kid, sometimes even from yourself. So it's this idea of grief. And a lot of people didn't like because it was... The ending wasn't real concrete. There weren't a whole lot of answers. The ending was actually kind of odd, but I love the ending. I won't give it away in case you haven't seen it, but it's all about grief and you can't deny it. The grief is there and the grief, if something bad happens to you, it'll always be with you. You just have to deal with it. And it's trying, it's not locking things away and ignoring them, but it is, you know, facing them and dealing with it. So this, this movie like no other horror movie ever affected me and made me think about it. I, I still think about it when I, you know, when I <laughs> think of some of these issues. Uh, sidebar. <clears throat> Have you watched there? There's a Pixar flow or yeah, I believe it's Pixar. Um, Pixar short out there called float. No, it's wonderful. It's about um, a parent of a, a boy that's, you know, has autism or something going on there. And it's just wonderfully done. Um, you actually, you don't quite get what's happening there for a little bit, but it's wonderful. So got major acclaim, but just reminded me of that when you were talking. And the Babadook has taken on a second life as an LGBT icon through some very strange circumstances. It has become a meme and a, a, a rallying cry, you know, gay pride parades and things. That, And there's some, you know, you can read that into it too of like, you know something closeted inside you that you're you're fighting against or you it might you know you can't let your family know certain things about you so yeah it's it's taken on a second life that the director didn't intend but uh, right. <laughs> has meant more to some some people uh my number 8 is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse my name's Miles Morales Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. Just had to my soul and free my mind. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. Uh, I was surprised I saw this on some lists today. Oh, I, and, <clears throat> I was not surprised to see it on my list. I loved it. it was one of the best movies last year. Um, it's just great. Gorgeous animation. Whether you, you know, some people like it, some people don't. <laughs> not for everybody. But it it's it's awesome and it's you know focused on Miles Morales and a bunch of different Spider-Men in this you know coming together in this crossover universe and i just think it's gorgeous again great soundtrack score and really has some really emotional moments and just was 
a really great time and i love i mean i don't normally lean towards anime movies but this one just and i think this one came out just at the right time for it too like it was right marvel was really tracking pretty hard right then everybody you know with infinity war and endgame and and captain marvel and all that stuff so it really kind of i think touched a nerve with a lot of people because they were hyped up for marvel you know on the onions best of the decade list they said this was the top of the seven Spider-Man movie that came out that year, mm-hmm. it was the number one. <laughs> yeah. The whole concept of anyone can wear the mask was, you know, great. Um, yeah, I, if you had told me a cartoon would be able to, you know, have that kind of emotion and that kind of impact, I'm not sure I believe you, but this one, this one definitely did. Cliff, your number eight is on both of our lists <laughs> higher. Oh, okay. So, number seven is me um my number seven is higher on jordan's list even though it's only chronologically higher i guess <laughs> um so cliff what is your number seven <clears throat> my number seven is star wars surprise surprise but it may sound familiar which one the rise of skywalker <laughs> oh. <laughs> so not a lot to be said about this we just talked about this movie um is there anything we didn't cover in two and a half hours? Right, yeah. Refer to that a couple episodes ago. And But you've had some time to think about it. You've had some time to reflect on it. Yeah. You've and had a whole week. I yeah. had a whole week. Um, And you know, it's interesting. I've heard from a few people that I did not think this movie would be as high for them as it was. And I was really surprised. Like we, have, I was having a conversation last night with my cousin. And... Um, he went and saw it a couple times already, and he was telling <laughs> he was telling me that uh, his son had um, asked him the question the other day just about which franchise he liked better, Harry Potter or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now his son, you know, Colton's at the age where he grew up with Harry Potter. I mean, Star Wars was always around too, but Harry Potter was a major thing for his age group. That's for everybody. It's kind of a major thing. Maybe I... Mm. Did you never read Harry Potter? I've never seen a single movie. Yeah. Well, the books are where it's at. The movies are fine, but the books are where it's at. But I I was really surprised he told me how... You know, he was telling me uh, how much he really couldn't compare Harry Potter to Star Wars. And, of course, you know, Jamie's older. He's a little older than I am and would have been at that perfect age in 77 when, when the... You know, the first one appeared or happened upon the uh, the world, but uh, but I was surprised because he's a big Harry Potter and he really loves Harry Potter. And you know, I know they watch those movies a lot in rotation. But he he was just telling me how much he loved Skywalker and the way it wrapped everything up and ended everything. He was just amazed with the whole thing. So I've been a little surprised by some of the reaction, how positive it has been. Yeah, Um, because my initial viewing i wasn't sure that people were really gonna like it so i agree it's hard to tell what people are gonna like nowadays um okay jordan what's your number seven uh dawn of the planet of the apes 2014 so that's that's the second one second one uh the original planet of the apes too too much james franco Firmly in my top ten. Oh, the original. The original yeah. Tron Heston one. <laughs> I love the goofy sequels as well. But the original is might be number one in my top ten, if I ever get around to doing that. Um, so <laughs> I was not hyped for a reboot or a remake. Like, okay, I'll go watch it. 
But that first one, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, was good. I enjoyed it, despite the Franco-ness. Hmm. Um, the Andy Circus as Caesar the Ape, the effects were terrific. So I thought, wow, okay, they, they, they took an old story, put a new spin on it. It was updated and timely. Cool, good for them. And then they went and made this one that was just worlds better than the first one. So it's set ten years after um, the mutation that caused the apes to become intelligent has basically taken over. Humans are on their way out, and this is kind of the the you know the apocalypse is happening right now. And Caesar is caught between the two worlds. He grew up you know with the human family, so he doesn't want this war. But there are apes around him that do, and any human you know is very distrustful of the ape so it's that sort of war film i don't want to say romeo and juliet but yeah it's a an ape caught between two worlds which sounds ridiculous as i say it but it works so well <laughs> andy circus deserved an oscar nomination his performance was terrific just the emotion he was able to get away get through his eyes and just the the this quiver of his of his lips and things just a, a terrific performance flawless special effects and just uh, an exciting movie. J- uh, Jason Clark, Gary Oldman, Carrie Russell, lots of great actors as well. So, uh, yeah, I-, I love these apes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> love them. They're apes. Um. All right. All right. Okay. So, Cliff. Mm-hmm. I think it's your turn. Yeah, you're six. Yep. Number six, um, sticking with my Star Wars theme. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. Major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. Good. Um, this was. I don't know. I don't even remember what year this even came out. What year was this? This was. 2016 uh, or 17. <clears throat> 2016. 16, 16, yeah. 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 2016. This was the prequel to A New Hope. Um. That I, it's just the feel of the movie, the look. It's it was the first, the first live action experience that really. I watched it. I went that Star Wars again since the original trilogy. The prequels just they did not cut it for me, and then this little miracle came along, um, which you know there's a whole. Even more that you had seen Force Awakens by then, and you didn't think it. it oh, had stars. I? Yeah. Now this, but this Force Awakens is fine, but <clears throat> Force Awakens doesn't have that old school feel to it the way this movie does. To me, this is gritty. It's a, it, 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 it is. It's. it's I like it. it. I, I say it was saying the other day that I rewatched it recently and liked it a, a ton better than the first time it had a it had a lot of problems in production um you know with the story and doing reshoots and recuts and we're not real sure after seeing the original trailer um a lot of that stuff we never ended up seeing and appeared there were 
perhaps a different story at the time. So they did a bunch of reshoots and, and changed the story up. But what we got, if nothing else, was one badass Darth Vader scene to end that movie that I, I don't think he, he has a better, mo- that character has a better sequence, a moment in even the original series, the tr- trilogy, than Darth Vader does at the end of Rogue One when he's trying to get those plans for the Death Star and he's just tearing through Rebels. I love it. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I just rewatched this one a couple weeks ago. And I, I think I was maybe unfairly critical of it when it came out. I'm sh- I, I remember liking it, mm-hmm. but thinking, eh, it's it's not part of the core. Yeah. You know, it's just a, you know, it's an offshoot. But, you know, and then we get Solo. It's something right. to compare it to. It's like, oh, it's way better, way better than Solo. Way better than Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I, I totally get that, that it feels... From every piece of costume and prop, it, yeah. it looks like it's straight out of '77. It, it the, really the does. Attention to detail was phenomenal. Yeah, this was uh, this was Gareth Edwards, right? Yeah, uh, was the director on this. Um, but you get well. The number one thing for me for that movie is K two S O. That's like the best. <clears throat> yeah, Alan <droid> performance <laughs> we've ever got. Everything that character says is hilarious. Everything it does is hilarious. I mean, I, I, I was just. Couldn't I wanted more of it. everything he did was funny in that. To me, is its main drawback is the characters. There, there's not some. There's they're not the most memorable, yeah. lovable they're characters. They're just sort of types. But yeah. Jen Erso did when she escaped that uh, truck. She wanged two guys with a shovel. So. There you go. It's got to be up there. It's got. It's going on my list. <laughs> See where that got her. <laughs> okay. Um, Jordan. Oh, uh, my next one is from 2016, Hell or High Water. So this is the director's David McKenzie, which I'm not real familiar with. I can't tell you anything else he's did. Uh, written by Taylor Sheridan, who's gone on to do a whole bunch of good stuff, including uh, what's our that show we like? Yeah, Jellystone. Yellowdale, Yellow that's right. <laughs> Yellowdale. Yellowstone yeah. at the moment. Yeah, he did uh, Wind River and what was the one before those? There was something before both of those. but Yeah, it was good, whatever it was. He's great. Uh, <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> whoever, whoever is, he's wonderful. But this is the, it's it, you call it a Western. It's not really a Western, but it's a modern age Western. Chris Pine and Ben Foster are two brothers, and they are out robbing banks. To save the family ranch, so it's not a you know it's not a, uh, a groundbreaking story, but Jeff Bridges and Gil Birmingham are the two policemen who are trying to stop them. And as I said it's a very simple story, but it's just so well done, so well written. Um, every scene, something unexpected happens. You know, one one of the people in line at the bank there it takes place in Texas. One of the people in line has a gun on them. It's like, yeah, of course they would. <laughs> they would try to stop the bank robber. So the yeah the the dialogue is super sharp. the The action is interesting. The characters are wonderful, and it's got again, it's got that something beneath it that you know the banks are crooked and are going to screw you over. Um, it's about the healthcare system and how it has bankrupted their family. 
the oil and gas industry has just decimated this whole, you know, this whole part of town. And it's the idea of the West used to be wide open spaces, manifest destiny. We're going West and finding our fortune. And it's the same. And it's, we have, uh, like I said, Jeff Bridges and the guy Gil Birmingham's Native American. And it's them, these two old codgers who just bicker the whole movie. And it's a white man and a Native American. And it's like, we're all in the same boat now. You know, a Western, it used to be, you know, <laughs> that was the conflict. Yeah. But we're all, we all have the same enemies now. And it's the everyone above us who has way more money than we do and pulls all our strings. So what are the alternatives? So it's a fun movie. Uh, but it has, again, something to say. A little more than a typical, just a heist film. It's awesome. I love it. Watched it several times. Everybody's great in it. That's a. It's just what a cast. Ben Foster is always great, but Chris Pine. This, this is the best he's. Ever yeah. Oh, I have a lot more respect for him. The last few years, he's done as he's aging. He's he's definitely getting better. Um, my number six is Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, it was the sixth Mission Impossible movie. I love this franchise um christopher mcquarrie directed this he did uh rogue nation before that did that this one he's doing the next two um i love the way he does i like all those movies but i like he's my favorite of the directors so far and it's just it's relentless it's got everything it's got you know him doing the halo jump for real and it's got that bathroom fight scene and Henry Cavill's great in it and has whole cast back. Um, Rebecca Ferguson is awesome. I love that they've kept her and not just had her in for one movie. It's fantastic. I love the Mission Impossible movies and this is the best one to me. <clears throat> All right, we are at, down to our top five. And we're starting with Jordan. I knew this was the one of the two I was sure was going to be on your list. Really? Another horror film. Get Out from 2017. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Are you ready for this? I'm back in the beat. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Writer-director Jordan Peele. Another one I didn't see immediately when it came out. I'm not always the fastest to get to these movies. It's frustrating. I, I had heard all... <laughs> <laughs> I had heard... What did I tell you? I still have $6 on the gift certificate I got last Christmas to the movie. <laughs> so... It was a $10. <laughs> uh, I'd heard all the hype. I'd heard about how amazing it was. I'd heard it's game changer. It's a oh, it's a new monument to filmmaking, but I hadn't really been spoiled any twists and turns. 
And it still lived up to the hype. I still just was so blown away by this movie. Especially knowing Jordan Peele as the comedian, Key and Peele. You know, he's the goofy guy, you know, but he wrote some really cutting stuff about society. And especially, you know, the black experience in modern day America. And not everyone wants to, you know, they don't, they don't go to the movies to be preached to. And that's not, it's still just a, a thrilling psychological, it's not really horror, it's more, you know, psychological. And there's some twists that even might be in the sci fi realm. But so, yeah, it's not just, oh, white people are bad, that kind of thing. But it just kind of puts you in the shoes of someone different than myself and I, I that's what i go to the movies for i want to see other lived experiences <clears throat> and I, I'll, I will never forget it's toward the end so i won't be super specific but hearing a police siren and in a horror movie when you police show up that's usually a good thing <laughs> but i had spent two hours in this movie think and and by that point i understood their point of view so well it's like oh no Right, and I heard a police siren and felt dread for the character, and at that moment, like, wow, what a movie! This movie did something to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's incredible. It, well, we had a black president for a couple terms, and then everybody started pretending that ra- racism was solved. <laughs> Boy, that seemed like forever ago. He yeah. did stir up some stuff, <laughs> you know. but it, it, it just was like, all fine until like, he started we, talking about but it. But it's like, oh yeah, yeah, black president, so everything's right. There, nobody's racist anymore, except everybody has to stop pretending that. And this movie, like, painted that picture perfectly. But it's also, it's not just about evil racists. It's about the lovely liberals who don't understand what they're talking about. Yeah, and they're trying to help and be positive, and yeah, we love, but they don't get it either. Mm-hmm. And it's about you. Know, you have to live through this experience yeah. to really get what's going on. And it, it just, I said, it's 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 a way to walk a mile in someone else's shoes in a very sci-fi, horror-y sort of. Oh yeah, just the sub, the subtle way that they make like Bradley Whitford, all the comments he makes, and the, the microaggressions that are constantly thrown <laughs> at the, this character. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Uh, star-making performance, Allison Williams from Girls, Riley Whitford, and Catherine Keener as the parents. Great cast. It's awesome. Uh, my number five is from Chanwook Park or Park Chanwook. It depends what country and how you say his name, I guess. But it is The Handmaiden. So good. So good. If you can read subtitles, oh my gosh, that, that scares a lot of people off. But it is it is a beautiful movie, and it is thrilling. I love it. I love it. It, has a, it tells quite a bit of the story, and then it goes back and tells it from a different perspective. Um, it has twists and turns. It's, it's got everything. I love it. It's, it's dark. It's, you know, weird. You know, it has a, it's not afraid to be strange, but it has, it's graphic. I, I don't know. I love it. I, it's it's on a... I keep telling people to watch it, but if you have Amazon Prime, it's always going to be there. It's one of their movies. It's a it's it's all on Prime. Just watch it. It's, you know, get the kids out of the room. <laughs> but it's great. So, yeah, I bet it is on a lot of lists. 
It's in my top 100. Okay, so Cliff, what is your number five? Uh, my number five. In what way is it related to Disney? Well, it was a pretty big Disney hit. <laughs> this every, was every, uh, everything on your list. Yeah, everything. Disney. Uh, this was <laughs> Disney's take on the Snow Queen, uh, 2013 Frozen. In Arendelle's fair kingdom, a ruler did appear. Born with a secret power so great, alone she stayed in fear. Get it together. Control it. Although the force was hidden, one day she let it go. Elsa. Sorcery. And all the land was covered in eternal ice and snow. It's completely frozen. Please, just stay away. Elsa! I'll bring her back and I'll make this right. So you're not scared? She's my sister. She would never hurt me. Yeah, I bet she's the nicest person ever. Huh? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Hi. You're creepy. Whoa. I don't want whoa, whoa. Back ew, at you. Ew, the body. Hi, everyone. I'm Olaf. Did Elsa build you? Yeah, why? This movie just doesn't... It doesn't go away. I would agree. That was exactly my (laughs) review. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I feel like it's always going to be there. Just just a little out of sight. Like the Babadook. Yeah. My my niece is just this Christmas. We're talking about movies or Disney or something. And one of them said, oh, you've seen Frozen. I said, no, I've never seen it. The look she gave me. (laughs) Like, just jaw-dropped eyes like... What are you like? She couldn't fathom right. someone hadn't seen Frozen. I yeah. broke her heart. Yeah, yeah this kind of like when, I, when you said you didn't see the Handmaiden. I'm kind of upset. <laughs> but but when Frozen came out, it was like my daughter's world, and all of her friends like they all had the soundtrack. They did nothing but listen to it, sing it, sing along with it. And we're like and watch the go. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this was uh, directed by Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. Jennifer Lee wrote it. Um, I, I mean, honestly, when it comes to movies, it's a good movie. It's surprisingly good. I watched it last year when we were going to do our animation mm-hmm. list. I felt like, okay, I got finally watch this. And it didn't make my list. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was. It was fine. But it yeah. didn't, didn't blow me away at all. Uh, well, the big thing when this movie came out was this: our princess, if you will, queen, whatever you want to say. Did this was the first one they didn't need the prince, the man, to come in and save them. They saved themselves. So, um, and it's funny because you know my daughter's old, quite a bit older now, and. Two weeks ago, we're we're in Walt Disney World, sitting at Hollywood Studios, um, at the um, the Frozen sing along show, and we're all enjoying it so much. And we're you know she's still singing along. My wife's singing along to these same songs we've heard a thousand times, and it doesn't really. I I, w- I want to say it gets old, but in a way, it kind of doesn't get old. Like you just, it's such a experience. It's turned into, it's just going to be a Disney classic. You know, this is going to be one that they'll just watch over and over. It's it, As much time has passed, it's not lost any steam. No. It's it's everywhere, all I, the time. Right. I, in fact, I have a, um, a Facebook. I feel Facebook. like if I didn't know you, it would not be, 
you know, mm-hmm. as everywhere for me. <laughs> well, I have a, uh, yeah, it is. My yeah. I, I won't let it die. I have a Facebook friend that, uh, a woman that we went to high school together with. She has lived in Florida now for some time and she has, she's a little older than I am, but she has two little girls now. And I see it every day on Facebook in her story. They're dressed up in Anna and Elsa dresses. They're singing it. And I'm, and they, they've been doing this for a couple of years now. Like it, I, I see that it, it's their world now. They just, they love it so much and I get it. So yeah, I, I, I couldn't ignore it. I, when I think of movies this decade that really had a profound effect on our family life, um, for the longest time, Frozen is there more than probably anything. Uh, let's see. Number four starts with me. Just watched this the other day for like the 20 millionth time because my son had never seen it. And he was looking at my top 100 list. He's like, hey, found one I haven't seen. And it's on Prime now. Nightcrawler by Dan Gilroy directed and this is Jake Gyllenhaal's absolutely his best performance he ever gave he should have won best actor for it he is a very strange plays a very strange character very uh um isolated guy who is determined to make something of himself uh, by himself and you know just throw himself into a new career, whatever it might be, tries to get hired by anybody and finally discovers that there's such a thing as going out at night and finding where the big wreck is or whatever in LA and capturing footage of gruesome events happening on the highways or crimes happening and selling it to news stations. And he's just such a, quirky character that he's he you know I, I almost wonder if they're trying to imply that he has some sort you know of social problem where he does do, you know doesn't have a filter doesn't know when to take a step back but he just gets in there and gets this footage and um and just tries to make something of himself but he doesn't know when to stop and it's it just gets he gets deeper and deeper into into it until you know just a exhilarating conclusion like it it is so good and everybody's great in it him uh renee russo oh i can't think of that one guy's name um riz ahmed bill paxton the late bill paxton is in it he's great it's it's awesome it is you know a top 20 all-time movie for me Somewhere in that vicinity, it's so good. Again, that's one I didn't see till much later. Yeah, and I I don't know I, I don't know if the trailers I I didn't see anything in the advertising that made me think it was what it was. Right, like it was much better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, again, I don't know if that was just me not knowing what it was, or it was kind of advertised more of an actiony kind of movie oh, or yeah. more of a thriller kind of thing. But it was yeah, it was it was excellent. He's amazing. It, 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 if you have anyone to see an actor perform at the height of what they can do, this is the best he, he's ever done. Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Okay. Um, let's see. Cliff, your number four. Okay. My number four is... Stay on theme. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. So uh, heard of it. Twenty fifteen. J.J. Abrams. Um, I believe you're quoted recently as saying it's not as Star Warsy as Rogue One. Uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> you with yourself? As, but it's ahead of Rogue One on your list. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like Star Wars. No, this was original trilogy. <laughs> OT. This is new T. St. Um. Yeah, the, I, I really, I still like it. It's Force Awakens. It, um, we were so excited when Han and Chewie were coming back. That trailer dropped, and Luke and Leia and everybody. And I like the sequel trilogy, so it's going to be on my list because it was a huge hit and it ushered in a whole new era of Star Wars. The end. The end. That's not the end. <laughs> um,. Jordan, your number four chronologically is was my number seven, I think. Oh, okay. Um, this this could be my number one. I, it could be anywhere on my list. I, I think about this movie all the time. I was just thinking about it when Cliff was talking earlier about Frozen. Um, about from, Disney. Yeah, Disney <laughs> from 2017, The Florida Project. situation here open up it's only second week of the summer and there's already been a dead fish in the pool we're trying to get it back alive water blooms thrown at tourists boobies, boobies. i failed as a mother Moni. yeah mom you're a disgrace mm-hmm. was it this was your top movie yeah that 2017 year. yeah it was my number one yeah um a very small movie director sean baker did tangerine yep He's done and something since then, but I don't know. Uh, just very small scale. Willem Dafoe is the only real actor in it. Uh, the other folks are people he kind of discovered. Uh, Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Prince, Prince is the breakout as Mooney, the young the young girl. So it's just it's beautiful. It's it's this, but it's also sad. It's this little community of folks in the shadow of Walt Disney World. And I don't know. They don't even. Do they ever say the word Disney? I don't, I don't think, think so. The well, the, at the end, they're in the Magic Kingdom. And yeah, but they never like <laughs> yeah. blatantly. So their entire lives are lived in the shadow of the happiest place on earth. No, it's it's the, the most magical magical place. place on earth. And that you know that's the American dream. That's <laughs> the fantasy. But it's it's right there. We can all see it. We can smell it. But we can't get there. And it's these people who are perpetually, they're living in motels. They have to move once a month from room to room so they're not permanent residents. They they sell stuff on the side of the street. They they work these part-time jobs with no security. Um, they, it gets a little more, you know, she has to do some things, <laughs> some worse things than that to survive. But the kids live this idyllic existence. They don't know any different. Yeah. And it's that. Like, every it day's an adventure. It captured that, like, at least when we were kids, we were completely unsupervised, and that those it's summer, just like this. summer days of just running around, just doing stuff. 
Yep. <laughs> Inventing games and just doing whatever, spitting on cars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did. It definitely gives you that feeling. It's just like what we all were doing as kids. It didn't matter that they're super poor. They're still finding a way to have fun because they don't know any different. And the, the parents do their best to, even if, you know, you, you, you can say she's not a good parent, but she did everything she could to shield her kid from having to worry about that right. stuff. And she tried to give her the best life she could and, you know, just failing at it. But I, I just, I, I I think about this movie all the time. Yeah. And Will, like you said, Willem Dafoe is amazing in it. And he, you know, it's just one of those, it takes a village type vibes. Like this guy is just doing his best to run this property. And he kind of out of the side of his eye is watching out for the people who live there until he just can only do so much, you know, and it, and. It's he's great. Like it's just it's just one of those where it's just like everything works for that movie, and it has a heartbreaking ending. And I lo- I love it. I love it when all the pieces are great and they pull it off. So, and yeah, every commercial I see, you come to the Bahamas. It's paradise on earth. It's like, yeah, the, what you're showing me is paradise. But there's always something off to the side. There's people who have to work. As the janitors and the and the and the concessioneers and those people have no job security, you know they're they're living off the crumbs of the of the the rest of right and they're right there they're just so yeah. close they can see it but they can't taste it and it's beautifully rendered by them those kids playing and seeing a rainbow and they're like let's go run to the end of that rainbow and they take off and you're like you can't get there it's right there it's, it's a heartbreaking movie but it's not depressing oh no, no it's no. it's it's kind of uplifting but mm-hmm. also soul crushing it's, it's a great mix yeah, of whatever just what that I is. want yeah. that's my sweet spot yeah it's great <laughs> <clears throat> that's a we'll have to make out our new tagline we're soul crushing alright we're up to the our top three for each of us Cliff, you get to start us off. Okay, number three is a number three, uh, Toy Story 3. Andy's going to college. Can you believe it? What are you going to do with these old toys? Okay, calm down, guys. Let's just keep this in perspective. Where is she taking us? I should have seen this coming. We'll be fine, Jesse. Oh, I hate all this uncertainty. Toys! Yeah! Buzz Lightyear, at your service. Welcome to Sunnyside, folks. You'll find being donated was the best thing that ever happened to you. Oh, may I? Ooh! <laughs> yeah. Another uh, <clears throat> Pixar animation movie. Um, this from our friends at the end of the rainbow. That's right. It's this great. this movie may be is this the best one. This may be when it comes to trilogies. If I think of the only trilogy that the best movie is the last one. It's not a trilogy, but okay. Well, it was when <laughs> this was made. They all were. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every franchise is a trilogy until you make it. Yeah. One. <laughs> it wasn't the time. It's no longer a trilogy. Um, I get, I get you. But yeah, I think this was you know perhaps the the most fitting the best ending um for this story now i can't even listen to this because i'm trying to find what's better what's i I like the last crusade the best of it in that trilogy do you yes i mean i like the last i'm not only the penetrative marble (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, Toy Story anyways, <laughs> Toy Story Three. <clears throat> this was the uh, the third movie after '95. Toy Story '99. Toy Story Two. This is uh, Andy grows up and is going off to college, and the toys have been stuck up in the attic. Nobody's playing with them, and this is their story. How it how it ends you know they the, their adventure adventures with andy and always trying to make it back to him to to be there for him this is this was the first you know deviation from that so um and and in the end you know it's it, man it'll it'll tug at those heartstrings on that last scene or so so it's great i love it i think it's the best one <clears throat> and uh yeah C- couple great scenes in that when uh they're in the garbage dump, headed to the uh, should end it the, right there. The big flame, and they're all holding <laughs> hands because <clears throat> this is the end. Um, you know, I know my, it made Michael cry, and uh, then at the very end, when when we meet Bonnie and and we have a, a new a new start, a new lot in life to uh, to start over again. So yeah, we're very protective of this movie and didn't want them to do a fourth if. You know, because it couldn't. It was like it could mess it up, and then that turns out you, there is more you can do. But still, I don't think it. It, it doesn't yeah. exceed what this movie did. Toy Story Four almost felt like, in the same way you have the original trilogy, the prequels, and the sequels. This one felt like a start of a new thing. It felt more like a epilogue. It did me. feel like an epilogue, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So. I definitely take Toy Story four and kind of set it aside from the other three. Um, it, it's just a it feels like a different thing is what I'm trying to say. Still good, um, <clears throat> Jordan. Your number three is a movie I drove to Athens to watch last year, and I watched 20 minutes of it, and the power went out, <laughs> and I was very upset about that. <laughs> and then I, but I did rent it as soon as it came out, and it's great. So tell us all about it. I just watched it on Netflix. So yeah, it's on Netflix, so everybody should watch something it. to be said for my way of doing things. <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't know. Again, a month from now, a year from now, I don't know if this is still on my list. But I'm still again. It's something I still think about. This movie is still with me. Burning from 2018, South Korea. <sighs> Uh, the director was Lee Chang Dong, and it was based on a story by the author Haruki Murakami, who's a Japanese author, kind of a postmodern, all the hip kids love Murakami books, because he, he, he writes uh, a kind of postmodern, mm. trippy story, yeah. so it adapts his story into the movie. Uh, probably got more Americanized because of Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead was in it. Um, this is the movie he was making while he was um, yeah in the, was he under the dumpster <laughs> in the dumpster? <laughs> yes, he was under the dumpster, <laughs> and it was worth it. I take everything I said back. <laughs> so the plot's very simple: um, a young guy, kind of on the lower rungs of society, meets a girl. The girl disappears. Stephen Yun is a wealthy guy on a the higher end of society, and he starts suspecting he may have had something to do with it. And the movie just kind of goes. It's a slow burn. You don't quite know what's going on. Even by the end, you're not 100% sure what really happened. 
but it's just that people uh, I, I when you say that i just like you and i are both like yes and everybody <laughs> else is like that sounds terrible I, yeah there i yeah all of my movies could have a caveat to them that, like yeah this may not be for you right but yeah it's if you if you don't need the mystery explained and you're okay because that's why it's still with me i'm still thinking about it right of like oh did i catch every detail with it and again i've only seen it once so i'd as the more i think about it I'm, i want to watch it again and pick more things up but it's just there's so much little subtle detail and i love the class disputes and the class differences i'm telling uh, you this decade was there's a theme and it was this year how's that this year was eat the rich and it, that's this is another one of those. Yeah, putting my list together, I I found a theme. All my favorite movies are about poor people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all your favorite sitcoms too. Yeah, um, me and Carly. That's right. Uh my number three is was Cliff's number eight, and is Jordan's number one. And I think that's a good place to talk about it. At number one. So it was on all three of our lists. Yes. So I think we'll end with it. You can probably guess what it is, then, listeners. Right. Um, now, let's go to our number twos, and I'll start with you, Jordan. Um, again, this is a take it or leave it for a lot of people, but I was on the exact right wavelength for this movie. Another Netflix original, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, from 2018, written and directed by the Coen Brothers. Um, it's just six short films, uh, westerns. And it's just, it, it runs the gamut. There's weird slapstick comedy, there's drama, there's horror. Um, it's all the things the Coens do the best. But it's their whole range that they have. From, you know, really intricate wordy dialogue, to then there's a bit where there's almost no word spoken. So it just, it, there, it runs their whole career as far as genre and style. And, I don't know, at the end of it, I said, I just leaned back in my chair. It just was like, I let it just wash over me. I was like, that just happened. That was incredible. And I'm a huge Western fan anyway. So having that sort of poke at the the Western mythology of all those different, from the singing cowboy to the more horror side of things, just that everything the Western is able to do, they tried to do it. And again, it didn't have a lot of answers. You know, they're very short little vignettes. So you maybe didn't get the payoff for all of them that you wanted, but yeah, I was tuned right in. I think this is going to have legs. Like I I think you'll be able to go back and watch this, and you know, every couple years because you you can't remember every single detail of all the different stories. Like I said, I still like the one, the longer one that does have an ending and things. But great cast as well: Tim Blake Nelson, Liam Neeson, James Franco, Zoe Kazan, Tom Waits. Mirror guy, <laughs> Mr. Pocket. Oh, my Mr. voice. Maybe I might sound like Tom Waits a little bit. <laughs> Mr. Rough voice, Mr. Pocket. Uh, my number two is from twenty twelve, maybe twenty eleven overseas. This is the best action movie of all time to me and I th- and sets up every action movie you've seen this decade John Wick is the first thing I think of a lot of influence from this movie that you've probably never seen is in every movie you've seen since where there's slick action ha- happening it's The Raid Redemption 
just about a it's an Indonesian action movie where uh, some 20 elite cops have to enter this drug lord's building and make it to the top to stop him and it's very simple but it's just the most wonderful action I, I just love this movie I've seen it a bazillion times and it's it's great I highly recommend it I, I mean sometimes I, I think like I, I need to not keep going on about it because I'm going to lose all credibility in my life it was just like I know there's other people out there that say it too so I know I'm not crazy well at the start of the previous decade action sort of became the matrix and crouching tiger it became wires mm. and crazy physics bullet time yeah so mm. it was people doing wild things and everything was super choreographed kung fu and I, I definitely prefer the more grounded Jason Bourne style mm. of, you know where everything's close up impacts yeah. that seems you know brutal and this this is definitely it yeah some of the i mean so gritty and the camera work is amazing like going through walls and down down through the next floor and just all the fights are awesomely choreographed it's it's great anyway if you haven't seen it you probably never will because you've already heard me bring it up a million times and you just aren't gonna listen one more, one more time one more stubborn. Just keep doing it. ridiculously stubborn problem is you know, like I say, you still can't watch with the right soundtrack and things like that. And a lot of times they put on the dub. It's like, just listen to them, you know, speak. Don't put up barriers. No, I. you got to watch it the best way. I want you to have the ultimate experience. Get a big tub of popcorn, crunch away. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Watch it however you want. Drown yep. butter. All right. Cliff, what's your number two? My number two was our number one superhero movie of all time. At one time. It mm. certainly was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still is. Guardians of the Galaxy. 2014. This was um, an unlikely hit. Everybody went, why in the world would Marvel make Guardians of the Galaxy? Turns out this is like uh, my favorite Marvel franchise. So pretty uh, great. Yeah. I mean, everybody's seen it at this point. It was... Yeah, it was a great uh, matchup of director and actors and with using the soundtrack idea, having all that fun music and, you know, getting all the rights to all those songs. And and probably kicked off whatever the next step Marvel was yeah. of, let's take some chances, let's mm-hmm. do something a little different. This being a success really opened doors for what came later, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, after this movie came, I think more and more people felt like Marvel can do no wrong at this point. Yep. It's great. We do all love it and agree that that was a great pick. All right. Our number ones. I'm first. My number one is another movie from Damien Chazelle. 2014's Whiplash. This place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. <laughs> I'm part of Schaefer's Top Jazz Orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and... I want to be great. And you're not. We got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and. Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? You are a worthless pansy ass who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a nine-year-old girl. I love, love, love this movie. And because from beginning to end, it is great. And it has a fantastic ending that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. What it means, but what the actual message is. But it's just great. It's an amazing soundtrack. Um, it's about a, a jazz drummer who is trying you know trying to be get be, become better he's very focused but he has uh, his teacher played by jk simmons who won awards for this role it's very brutal in his teaching technique he just never accepts your best you can do better and he's great at miles teller plays the main character and it's just amazing i love the music and i i love the story it's awesome and uh, yeah, did I say? Yeah, Damien Chazelle. That's great. You guys have all seen this? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. Cliff Bryant. Mm. I can't imagine he has. No way. I feel like I've seen part of it. Oh, that's good. Well, I played <clears throat> drums in high school, so oh. I, I, I thought it would be up my alley. And yeah, I, I thought it was terrific as well. But yeah, great showcase for what J.K. Simmons can do. And led to a very awkward conversation. My high school band director came in the store one time. I hadn't seen him since high school. You know, yeah, this was just a year or so ago. He's like, "Oh, I just I was in the area. I wanted to stop in and say hello." I was like, "I have nothing to talk to you about." I was, I was like, "Oh, I thought about you the other day. I, I just seen that movie Whiplash." I was like, "Why did I say that?" <laughs> thought about he, he was a very friendly man. It reminded me how horrible, <laughs> brutal you were. Always on me about my tempo. <laughs> No, uh, uh, that I never had a percussion instructor that was a. They were all like laid back, yeah. just wanted to hit on the flag instructors. That right. there was no one that really gave that much of a crap about it. Um, Cliff, what's your number one? Uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Heard of it? Oh. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Something inside me has always been there. Then I was awake. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. I was gonna say, I was like, you listed all these other, and I was like, <clears throat> yeah, hmm, I thought maybe. Last Jedi had kind of gone down your list, but nope. it went up. No, it's it's. In fact, it's one of those movies. I, I keep saying this, but the more times I watch it, the more I like it, and I've really found that to be true. Um, You're such a rebel. <laughs> these uh, rebel scum. Um, 
this movie you set him up on purpose. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> gets a gets a huge you know bad rap. You know the, the some toxic sex of fan bases out there. To, sorry, he screwed it up though. I want to make sure you know that. You're supposed to say just call him scum, and he says rebels. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's gotten a lot of hate. Um, <clears throat> since it came out and how they ruined Star Wars and broke Star Wars and, you know, ruined Bluey. whatever. Listen to our review again uh, if you haven't listened to it lately. Um, it's great. We love it. Last Jedi yeah, is an awesome movie. Just a great movie. I love the visuals. I love the story. It, it, it took a chance. Ryan Johnson took a chance on doing something different, and it was wonderful. So how did the third one impact... Your feelings? Did you make um, it, you like it more? Did it take anything away? From I don't it? think it took anything away from it for me. I mean, there were, like we said, there were clearly things that felt like a big, you know, finger to to the Last Jedi at times. But intentional or not, whatever. Um, if you want to blame somebody, blame you know the head of Lucasfilm or yeah. blame whoever let them have this, who's in the, the story group or this, yeah, whoever this, this fighting story against right. The next story. Was. That's right. But uh, so. other than that, still great. I like I like, yeah, I like this whole trilogy. Yep. So I'm happy. But yeah. Much like empire was the pinnacle for a lot of people mm-hmm. in the original trilogy, that middle chapter where things got more serious. That's very true. It took a turn. It mm-hmm. got darker. The the you know everything got the stakes got higher. It did the same thing in this one. To me, there's yeah. there's a clear pinnacle between the three movies. Um, George's number one chronologically. He cheated. He's trying to cheat and put two movies in there. It's one movie. I'm, I'm just gonna say this the second one, but it was on my list. It was on Cliff's list also. Yep. Where what was it with you, Cliff? Uh, eight number eight. Eight. eight it was number three for me. And it is Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. And Infinity War. Yeah. Um, God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but... I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. Thanks.
takes. I, 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 there's, I, there's nothing more to say about these movies. Uh, we will, but it defines I, the decade. I mean, I know it started a few years before that, but it, this is a good representation of this decade. We, we talked about Avengers earlier, being in 2012 at the beginning of the decade, and now culminating seven years later, we got the big finish to so, that. Yeah, Iron Man was 2008. Yep. The 2010s belong to the Marvel franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were all just behemoths, fan favorites, critical darlings, made superstars out of everyone. There's no reason any of it should have worked. It's the stuff we dreamed of <laughs> as a kid seeing... And it exists. It's real life. We're all here to see it, and I still can't believe it. Yeah, and and even even transformed into a more adult story than we were seeing when we were kids. It's like these all these characters dealt with all this grief and everything. The last in, in this last movie, and we just you know it took its time. It was amazing. That's my amazing. only bald minds out. <clears throat> That's my only criticism of the movie is that beginning feels just a... I mean, they've got a lot of stuff to cover. I get that. But it, it just feels a little slow at times um, because I think I was anticipating getting to the action stuff um, Gotta so have much. the setup. So Gotta that's w- why it was... But that's why it was kind of, you know, number eight for me, right above Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of bookending there, the decade. And uh, that's that's just why it was a little. Yeah, I, I can read reviews of this. I can listen to criticism. I can hear everything you're saying and even agree with it. Of things that don't work, things but, that don't make sense, things they should have done better. But I, I, we've talked about the degree of difficulty before. Yeah. That even getting this to work from three separate movies, three different directors, writers, screenwriters, and to, pleasing us to form that into <laughs> something with countless. Actors and th- because as <laughs> Real comic book fans, we li- we would take anything. We were desperate for it. We watched Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. We watched Howard the Duck. Anything with a comic book pedigree, we just we wanted it. And for them to please us, for them to please billions of dollars worth of ticket sales, it- it's latched onto something in the in the culture mm-hmm. that's beyond us. And that's okay. We can let it. We can let it all go to the rest <laughs> of the world too. It, it, it. I'm. I said I don't have enough distance from it. It still boggles my mind how this happened. But it's been more than ten years of just hit after hit after. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. Well, we did it. How about that? Those were our fave movies of the decade. Got any honorable mentions? Uh, I had a few. I had a hard time. I had. <clears throat> Like all mine were like honorable mentions till I finally added them to the list. So I'm like, I it's so hard for me to say this is my top ten. Yeah, I yeah. So I probably you know, I, there's a bunch more I could. Have yeah, done. I I dropped a couple. I had written a few down just to, and I was like, well, I'll sort through them. Uh, I think I had I had uh, Captain America: Civil War on there. I think I had I had Captain America: Winter Soldier that almost made the yeah. list. Oh, I there um, could easily have been. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff uh, uh, that, you know, again, I don't know if they make a top ten, but and they didn't, but just so close. I, I didn't have a single Tarantino movie from this decade in that top ten, but, man, Django could have been on there. Freaking, you know, Hateful Eight. I love that. 
other uh, a ghost story. I love Safety Not Guaranteed. Inside Lewin Davis, my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Uh, Blue Ruin or Green Room, both of those Jeremy Solner movies are fantastic. Drive, Gravity, the most, you know, proof that all this CGI and everything can produce an incredible movie. It's the only movie I've ever seen in 3D that needed to be seen in 3D. And it just amazing movies that we've yeah. had yeah on the uh, on the disney side i had um tangled and uh, moana was also on there moana almost made made it over frozen but uh, uh frozen was just such a a cultural thing that happened so yeah just i had i did kind of a top 15 and then kind of shuffled them all around so just missing out the five just missed out winter's bone from 2010 more poor oppressed people jennifer lawrence made <laughs> yeah. her a star Wonderful. i watched that again recently great crime movie django unchained ladybird i thought was just such a unique voice Saoirse ronan was terrific and greta gerwig just the screenplay was yeah really i just wonderful. watched little women eighth grade was a great experience <laughs> watching amazing amazing uh sorry to bother you Again, I don't know how much I loved it, but it just it did something. To, I still think about that movie, and yeah. Lakeith Stanfield did a wonderful as the lead to that. And I just wrote down a few more. Anomalisa, the yeah. Uh, yeah. the animated Charlie puppetry, puppetry movie. Uh, Baby Driver was my number one movie of that year, but it's kind of slipped out. I I don't I haven't really watched it since. Uh, Catfish, the documentary. Yeah. Back before the show, before it was, it was, a it was thing. great. Yeah. That the first one was cr- crazy. That documentary is insane if you don't know what you're watching. Right. Wow. Now it's so diluted. Yeah. Uh, Game Night yeah. was just such an out-of-nowhere comedy. Like, it just looked like a dumb comedy, but it, it was. But it was also just great. You've <laughs> seen that. You like yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems like a movie you would be into. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel from Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. I almost had to... I tried to buy... They don't... They don't make a vinyl of that soundtrack, Jordan. Oh, no. I was upset about that this morning. <laughs> Just this Just morning? Just so you know. Yes. Literally this morning. Nick and I were talking about it before we went to work. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great movie. I'm like, well, you can't get it on vinyl. Isle of Dogs, also from Wes Anderson. Fun little animated movie. I, Tonya, yeah, I thought was good. terrific. Good. good stuff. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. What We Do in the Shadows. I just said every Marvel movie. Just they're all just great. Yeah. I love them all. I can't decide. Uh, Wonder Woman from the DC side was terrific. And does anyone we have an opinion about Mad Max Fury Road? It's on everyone's best. I know. List. I, I've I've made it, and it's good. It's fine. I, I like it. I exactly. I feel like we're on the same page. Like I liked it fine, but I I think it's my fault, and I need to watch it again. I need I need to sit down. <laughs> And watch it again because it might be one of those things where a lot of movies I like better after I don't have any expectations. I think I just need to go into it knowing what I'm I, getting. I don't know what all these critics saw. Like they love a it. Wonderful action movie, but there's lots of action movies every year mm-hmm. that critics just ignore. I don't know that I've ever watched anything with Tom Hardy in it where I've liked Tom Hardy. It's I don't just know. like there's hardly any dialogue. It's just <clears throat> one big chase scene. Now I know there is supposed to a lot of people get out of it when she, you know, her scream in the at the end and stuff and what 
she's realizing that kind of stuff. I, I, I need to just see it again. But yeah, the year it came out, nominated for an Oscar, I was shocked. Best of lists. And then here we are all these years later, and still AV Club, it was their top movie. Yeah. A dozen of these I looked at, it's on everyone's top of the oh, decades yeah. list. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't dislike it, but I, I can't. I don't. I would see never it. give it a second thought if I haven't seen all those people say that. Uh, so yeah, I plan to watch it again sometime this year, this decade anyway. <laughs> uh, the only other one I didn't mention that I should have is uh, Interstellar. It really, it almost made my top ten there because I, I, it's a top twenty movie all time for me, and I, I, I just think it's really great. My favorite. Nolan movie and uh, Inception's great you know we, we should read I think your brother let us know what he uh, yeah thanks to everybody who commented <laughs> we'll just focus on that <laughs> thanks to the one amazing listener yeah. who commented no but he agreed with uh, Boy he liked The Witch that's a great horror movie um, Last Jedi all of Marvel of course and Moana, Cliff, you like Moana? Mm-hmm. Inception, and he agrees with us uh, that Taylor Sheridan's great. He like Wind River. That's a that's a great movie. But it's that it's a hard thing to do to just hey, off the top of your head, what are the best movies of the decade? Oh yeah, like it's yeah, not that's, it's not easy. So list that's to why I asked you to do it, right? Because I'm a jerk. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Hey, thank you for listening. Good kickoff to the decade, I think. Here, yeah, the, the new decade. We yeah. put the old decade behind us. How right? long have we been doing this? We've been doing this for like <clears throat> 2014, half a decade. Yeah, pretty close. We're getting there. Yeah, so you can go back and listen to all of our archives, nearly 200 episodes. Almost, we're getting close to yeah, that. Yeah, very, so very close. We've covered a lot of these movies in depth <clears throat> on those older episodes. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like. So we don't have you, a lot. You shouldn't be surprised what we <clears throat> right. Say. We don't have a lot to say. A lot to say about some of these today because we have talked about them so yeah. so much you on know. We know on you. the past. You don't want to listen you to get us, us. For, except for the raid. You'll never hear Seth mention it again. Yeah, <laughs> never. <laughs> all right. So you can find all those archives and more at www.youdownwithkpp.com. Interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, sure, at the sure. Kapow Podcast. I, has anyone looked at the Twitter? And, yeah. Oh, okay. It's still there. It's there. Okay. Twitter still exists. Yeah, yeah Twitter is there. <laughs> need to hear your tweets, people. We need yeah. your tweets. Um, Podbean, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Uh, this is my least favorite part of the show. All that stuff. Um, wait, they're wait here. They're we, already here. Wait till we start begging for patron dollars. They are, that, that's next. <laughs> they are already here. They found us. If you'd like to sign up and be a patron, it only costs you a dollar a month. Um, you can do that on our website or on the Podbean app. We Just click fun, that patron button. Fun bonus material that we do not release to the masses. That's we do true. some fun little special episodes. We do some anecdotes. We do uh, off the cuff just behind the scenes audio mm-hmm. and we have a secret Facebook page just for patron members where we listen to We you. do secret things. <laughs> yes, secret things. I was going to describe what things. it is, but I can't. I'm no. held to secrecy. Mm-hmm. We all wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Happy 2020. My name is Jordan Vermont. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. 
Kapow, the pop culture podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.